Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. Well, we're in January and um, I'm doing something actually at the moment. Um, I've done it. I did it two years ago as well. And I think this year I've decided it's going to become a regular rhythm for my year. I'm doing uh, a Bible plan called the 30 Day Shred. Now, when I tell most people I'm doing a 30 Day Shred, they're like, oh, you like dieting, you cutting weight, like are you like lifting heaps, are you eating heaps of protein. Um, but this really is a spiritual 30 day shred. Now what it is, is uh, a couple of other people, Liam Chesham's doing it with me, La- my wife Loris is doing it as well. And it's a uh, 30 days and you read the entire Bible start to finish. Um, so like day one is like Genesis 1 through to Genesis like 45 or something like that. Um, and, and it's like, it is a lot of Bible. I don't know whether you've ever read that much. Um, you know, it feels like a lot to read the whole Bible in one year, if you've ever done, you know, one of those plans. But doing it, um, you know, in 30 days is, is a lot. And the reason um, I'm, I, I'm doing it this time, and I, I think it's going to become something that I do every year, and if you'd like to do it, you could start tomorrow. And uh, the Bible plan is on the version app, so you could go check it out. It's called the 30-Day Shred. Um, the reason I do it is because I find, I don't know whether you've ever found this, but when I go to read the Bible, I often will look at verses. I'll look at, um, you know, like, I look at it expecting God to speak to me. You know, I don't know whether you know this, but God speaks today. He doesn't just, you know, he doesn't just speak, you know, he didn't just speak thousands of years ago to the people that wrote the Bible, but he wants to talk to you and I. He wants to give us encouragement. He wants to lead us. And and so I read every word expecting God to speak to me. Like, I'm like, what does this, the, in the sentence mean? Like, like how is this important? And you might be like, that's never important. I want to tell you that the word the is the difference between what Christians believe and what Muslims believe about Jesus. The word the changes the way that uh, we view Jesus. And so like the individual words can be really important, even the seemingly unimportant ones. Um, If you're interested about that, I can tell you later. Um, But um, the reason this is so important is because what happens is because you can't read and stop and think, what does, what's the Hebrew meaning of this word as you're like trying to read like, you know, 40 chapters of the Bible and you're trying to do it, you know, pretty quickly so that you actually have time in your day to do other things as well. Um, and so what happens is instead of trying to look at every individual verse, you'd start to look at the whole story. You start to just pick up the, the outline, and it's kind of like instead of you know me going up to a tree and looking at the leaves, I'm standing back looking at the entire landscape, and um, it's, it's really incredible. I feel like I've learned so much um, about Scripture uh, that I hadn't noticed, and I don't know whether you know this, but the Bible actually, you know, there's lots of individual stories, and You've probably heard a lot of them, be, you know, have been preached on before. But the story of the Bible is the story of a God who creates mankind in His image. Then there's a fall; people fall away. There's the first two acts, and then the next act of the Bible is this story of God choosing and leading the nation of Israel. And then the next story is the is the birth and, and death of Jesus Christ, saving the world, and the birth of of Christianity. The next act is what we see uh, play out in the rest of the New Testament, which is the 
the um, that's the, the the act of the church, and we're still in that that part of the story. We're in the story of the church where we actually have a place to not 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 change what's in the Bible. We can't do that, but we actually have a place in the story of the Bible. And then the last act is what what's going to happen at the end. And uh, you know that's probably the most debated act of all. And um, I think if we polled everyone, everybody would have a slightly different view in this room about what's going to happen at the end. And so. There's the story of the Bible, and when you are reading it fast, you start to step back and you start to see the whole landscape. But like when you're looking at a, you know, standing on top of a mountain, looking at a landscape, you know, I'm probably just talking to a few people here because, you know, not, let's be real, not all of us are people that like to go out and walk up mountains every weekend. You know, I know some people, but, you know, I've done it maybe five times, nah, more than that. But like when you're standing on top of a mountain, looking out across a landscape, things will just stand out. You know, maybe there's a house that looks really interesting or there's a, a peak that you're like, oh, that's really fascinating how that, that's shaped. Or maybe there's, you know, there's a big hill and there's one tree standing on top of it. And you're like, that's random. And so my message today really is, I get, it's like a, a, a bunch of things that stood out, have just jumped out at me, that God's just spoken to me as I'm looking at the landscape of Scripture. And uh, my message really is a message of hope for you today. Um, And I believe that it will be a message of hope for us as a church as we head into 2021. So we're going to start pretty early on in the Bible, also known as day two of the shred, which is the book of Exodus. Um, and so we're Exodus chapter 6. So if you've got your Bible, you want to go there. Now, Exodus 6, uh, verses 6 through 9. In the first service, I drank coffee while I was um, preaching. And um, I thought it was great because I'm going straight from this service, getting in a car and driving to Golden Bay. For, I'm going on holiday as well. And um, so I thought, well, you know, drink coffee, that'd be awesome. But I forgot that like drinking coffee makes your mouth dry. And so I really got out of breath. So I'm drinking water this service and I got a big flask full of coffee for later. All right, Exodus chapter six, it's on the screen. If you've got your Bible and you want to read along, here we go. It says this, therefore say to the Israelites. All right, context, we're in the story of Moses. Uh, This is God speaking to Moses um, about something what he's meant to go and tell the Israelites. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. I love that. I will be your God. He's not like I will be, you know, he's not like the God or a God. He is your God and We'll just keep moving, but that's for you today, someone. Then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you the land I swore with uplifted hands to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Verse 9, check this out. This is where we're landing today. Moses reported this to the Israelites. Check this out. But they did not listen to him because of their discouragement. My message today is is titled, Because of Their Discouragement. And we see in this passage of Scripture that the Israelites, God comes to give them hope. 
He has a message of hope. He says, hey, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to be your God. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to take you into the place that I had promised to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to the forefathers of your nation. I've got a promise. We're going to go there. He brings a message of hope, but the Bible says they didn't listen because of their discouragement. And I want to tell you today, church, if you're discouraged, if you're disappointed, it might be at God, it might be at at others, whatever it is, if you've got that in your life, it's going to be hard for you to hear hope. See, the rest of my message today, I've got some, some things that God's shown me that I believe will be hope for you for 2021, that will set a platform of hope in your life. But I think if we don't deal with discouragement, I think you might miss it. If we don't deal with the fact that actually sometimes we get discouraged, you won't miss it. Check this out. This is how discouraged these people were. So the story goes back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We see that there. Abraham gets promised a land that goes through his son Isaac and then through his son Jacob. Jacob then is renamed Israel um, in the wrestle with the angel. And and Israel has 12 sons. Um, And these 12 sons become the 12, what, what we now know as the 12 tribes of Israel. There's the whole thing with Joseph and his two sons become two other tribes, but for the sake of the 12 tribes, if you're interested in that, you can go look it up. And so these, these, this has just happened. And often we miss this because we read the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then we read the story of Moses and we forget what happened in the middle. So what happened is um, Joseph, uh, he gets too arrogant. He gets cocky. He's got a promise from God and he, he tells everyone about it. And, and that annoys them. You know, don't go flaunting. You know, you want to be proud about what God's called you to, but don't go rub it in other people's faces, you know, like, like carry it, like carry it, but don't be like an, you know, don't be an egg about it. You know what I mean? And so he tells them, Hey, this, um, I'm going to rule over you. And so they go, well, uh, no, you're not. We're going to sell you into slavery. So he gets sold into slavery um, to an Egyptian. He goes to Potiphar's house. He, um, things go down. He ends up in prison. Then from prison, he meets a couple of guys and he interprets their dreams. And then later, one of these men is before the Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream and, uh, and, the dream, and he remembers Joseph and Joseph um, ends up in coming to Pharaoh and interprets the dream. Basically what the dream says is that there's going to be seven great years and then there's going to be seven bad years. And the seven good years, uh, God was letting the Pharaoh know that in the seven good years, you need to store up enough food to make it through the seven bad years. Otherwise your nation's going to fall. And so uh, because Joseph has helped out Pharaoh and he sees him as a wise man, he goes, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to put you in charge of these first seven years and, the, and to help collect. And so that all happens. And then in the second year of drought, so we're seven years plus two, so it's nine years on. In the, seven, uh, in the second year of drought, Joseph's brothers come to Egypt looking for food. They've heard that Egypt has food, and so they come and they... Um, they come in this time of, of famine and of need, 
and they show up. This is all just setting the groundwork for why these guys are so disappointed. Remember, this isn't like yet, you know, a hundred or two hundred years on from the foundation of the nation of Israel. This is the 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 brothers are the tribes of Israel who who become the tribes of Israel. So this is like in the first generation of Israel as a nation. This is where we are. These people, God's chosen people, come. They they don't have any food. They say, "Hey, can we buy some food?" So they give them all. They give the Egyptians all their money, and then they get some food and they go and they eat it. And then uh, by this point, they've realized that Joseph is actually their brother, and so they re- they're reconciled, and that's great. Then they come and they they don't have any more money, but they've got sheep and goats, and so they sell them all their livestock. They sell them the ability that they have to make money, and then. They eat all of that food and they come and they say, well, we, we don't have any more uh, animals to sell you, but we'll sell you our land. And so they sell um, their land to the Egyptians and, and then they ate all of that food. And eventually they came to them and said, we've got nothing else. We'll sell you our lives. I don't know if you know um, Pastor Jürgen Matasius. Does anybody know who he is? He's a pastor in San Diego. Um, he he was big when I was a teenager. He was like a big preacher in the like um in the youth um like the youth conferences, like get smart and stuff. He preaches a great message about how this is actually God warning people about socialism, and actually in in a time of desperate need, not selling your freedom to a government in order to get food. But that's that's for another time. We could talk about that another day. Just think about that. But so these people sell themselves into slavery. The nation of Egypt, the nation of Israel, God's chosen people in their first generation, they're just getting started. They come and they sell themselves into slavery. And then 400 years of that goes by. Like that's a long time. Can you, like you think back to what the world was like 400 years ago. Like there is no connection to those original people. Like that's, that's crazy how long they're in slavery. And then this man comes along, Moses, and he, and so like, you're pretty disappointed by this point. A man comes along, Moses, and he comes to Pharaoh and he says, I've got a word from God. You need to let the nation of Israel go. And what does Pharaoh do? He doesn't just say, okay, cool, sweet, you go. (laughs) He turns around and he says, well, okay, if that's the case, uh, Israelites, you know how you've got to make bricks a certain number a day? I don't know how many. You need to keep doing that, but now you need to find your own hay. So their workload, because of the word of God from God, their workload went either tripled or or, or maybe even quadrupled in, in how hard it was. And so these people are disappointed. They are disappointed in God. They keep having word after word after word, and they feel like God's just kept failing them. And because of their disappointment, they wouldn't hear the word of hope. Disappointment will will stifle hope. And maybe you've, you feel disappointed about 2020, or maybe you actually don't really care because we, luckily we live in New Zealand and we're in a small island nation. And so it was, you know, we were able to stamp it out and close our borders and, you know, we were pretty fortunate. But, you know, so maybe it's not that, but maybe you've got 40 years of history of building disappointment. Maybe it's with God, maybe it's with your spouse, maybe it's with where your kids are not walking with the Lord. I don't know what it is. But I think there are many people in the first service, most people, like over half the room responded. 
I think there are a lot of people who have disappointment. So what we're going to do before we move on, I have a message of hope. I want you to hear it. I don't want you to not listen because of disappointment. And so we're going to deal with that disappointment right now. We're going to give it to God. He will take it if you offer it to him. He will replace it with, uh, with, with he will come and he will uh, encourage you. He will reappoint you. He will replace that disappointment, that discouragement. And so what, I, what I'd love to do is if that's you today, um, and it could be anything, it could be something massive, it could be something really small. If you know you've got some disappointment to, 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 to give to God today, on, just make a decision right now that when I count to three, you're going to stand up. Uh, I'm just going to ask everyone to stand who, who is like, yeah, that's me. We're going to pray, and then we're gonna, I'm going to give you a word of hope, okay? So if that's you right now, I just, uh, like, this is, gonna, this is actually going to be a really powerful moment where you say, do you know what? I'm not carrying this bag of disappointment, of discouragement into 2021. Like, I'm leaving that on the path, and I'm moving forward. So if that's you right now, why don't you just stand on one, two, three. Just stand up. That's where you are. If anyone like, you know, wants to jump in late, you're more than welcome to as well. But hey, I'd just love to pray. And why don't you just put your hands out in front of you right now. God, we just give you disappointment today. God, we, just, we, we come to you and we say, God, there, there are things that we are carrying, disappointments we're carrying, uh, discourage, we, we, we feel discouraged in some way. And, and we come to you and we give that to you today. And God, we know that your yoke is easy, that your burden is light, that, that we can give this to you and, and you will give us something easy to carry. We'll, you will give us something light to carry. And so God, right now, we just we give you our disappointment. We div, give you our discouragement. We give you the times where we feel like we followed the word of God and, and things got worse. We trust you today, God. We trust you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, I have a, um, I, I just have a few things, like I said, that really stood out to me as I was reading through, um, through the scriptures. And so, um, first point today, if you're taking notes, is God is concerned with your suffering. I hope, I hope you know this. Um, I know this is one of the foundations of our faith, really, is that God actually cares about his people. Like we don't have a distant God like all other, uh, you know, religions do who, who is distant, far away, who isn't really personal. But we have a God who is personal, who, who is real in our lives, who wants to lead us, who, who, who cares about us. So, you know, the Bible says that he, he knows the numbers of hair on our head. And, and if he knows that, how much more is he interested in the suffering that we go through? And it's really easy to logic your way out of, feeling like God cares for you because you can say, well, you know, uh, like this feels life-threatening and life-destroying to me, but I, I saw this person whose life's way harder. And, and so my suffering's not that bad. And so, God, you probably don't really care about my suffering because their, their suffering's really hard. You know, and, and it's really easy to logic your, yourself out of thinking that God would care about what you're going through. But I want you to know today, church, that God cares. Check this out. In Exodus 3, this is before Exodus 6, you know, maths and stuff. 
It says this in verse 7, the Lord said, so this is before Moses comes uh, to the people. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. This line just stood out to me that I'm concerned of this, about their suffering. God is concerned about your suffering. He's actually in the business of dealing with the things that you're suffering with. God cares about what you're walking through. And so take that as a word of hope today that actually God, God's not distant. He's walking alongside you. He, he's, he's on your team. You know, speaking of suffering, who hates dieting? Am I right? You know, like everybody it gets to summer and people are like, all right, I'm going to, this summer I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start running. I'm going to diet, whatever it is. You know, like the Bible says, all fatness is glory. And so, and you know, the, the truth is, is over winter, you, you like to put on a little bit of, you know, a layer of warmth. And I definitely did this year. And it came into summer and it's just being me being real. Like, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to start running again. I have the, had this lofty thought of like, do you know what? Two years time, I'm going to do the coast to coast. Like, I'm not doing any exercise at all. But I was like, two years, I could do that. I could aim at that. It's probably a little bit far, far out to actually have a real goal. But now I've said it publicly, so there's people to keep me accountable. But um, I wasn't going to tell you guys that. That was, that was a mistake. Can we just scratch that from the ledger? We'll delete that out of the podcast, pretend like that never happened. And But so the week before Christmas, I, was, I, was, I had started running again because I was like, you know what, I'm going to do the coast to coast, scratch that. Um, I started running and, I, and, um, and the week before Christmas, I lost 5kgs and I was like, wow, that was, that was pretty awesome. Christmas day, I put on 5kgs, so it was all kind of evened itself out. And I, I got to the end of the day and I was like, man, I've been so good today. I ate moderate amounts of food. I didn't stuff myself full of bread. I was awesome. And then dessert came out, and there was a bowl of trifle, like a bowl, of, like a big bowl of trifle. And I looked at it, and I, I seriously felt like I was walking into a boxing ring about to take on a, the, the heavyweight champion. And apparently I came out the heavyweight champion. And, um, and I took down that trifle. Not all of it, not all by myself. I had help. I tag teamed in with a couple of buddies. But anyway, I was thinking about this, that the first ever diet ever was instilled by God. Adam and Eve are in the garden and God places this tree here. Because when you think about it, a diet is basically you saying, I'm not going to eat that, even though it looks really delicious because it's not going to be good for me. God puts a tree in the garden and says, I know it looks good, but don't eat it. It will be bad for you in the long run. God knew chocolate was coming. He was trying to prepare humanity. You know what I mean? I think chocolate and ice cream were providence, in fact. God, was, God knew what he was doing. So he, he, he has Adam and Eve in the garden. And when I was reading the story of Adam and Eve, a verse stood out to me. Is this verse here, Genesis 3.20. It says, Adam named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all the living. Why is this important? Two reasons. One, Adam's role in the garden was he was co-laboring with God. 
God would bring a, an animal or a living thing to him and Adam would name it. And the name wasn't just, uh, it wasn't just like, your name will be Brad. The name was, you are a lion and I'm calling out your identity and your purpose and, and your actions at the same time. Like he was giving purpose to, to these animals that God was bringing before him. And so we see Adam working in his purpose giving Eve identity. And we, we see Eve receiving identity. Sorry, Siri. Well, that was really, Siri had written a bad word on my phone. That was so funny. Why is this important? If we go to back to verse 6, maths again, so Chapter 3, verse 6, check this out as it comes up on the screen. It says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. What's important about that? The fall happened before that verse we just read. Do you, do, do you see that? Eve receives her identity and Adam is operating out of his God, God-given calling after they made one of the biggest stuff-ups in world history, after they invited sin into the world, after that cataclysmic moment where God was like, all right, Jesus is, is the only answer to this. After that moment, Eve's receiving identity. She's receiving her calling, and Adam's working, walking in his calling. My second point today is this. This is hope for you today. God calls us in our brokenness. In our place of brokenness, God is calling us. You, and in our place of brokenness, we're still operating in what God had called us in previously. The Bible says that the gifts and callings from God are irrevocable. That, like He's not taking them away. You can't stuff up so bad that God's saying, hey, I'm going to take away what I was going to do with your life. And I'm not saying this, you know, Paul writes, uh, you know, should we keep sinning more so that grace may abound? And, and, and I'm not telling you to go out and sin, but the truth is you're human and you will stuff up in 2021. There you go. There's some freedom for you. You're going to make mistakes. You're not going to do everything perfect. You're not God, and that's a good thing. And God is going to meet you in your brokenness. Come on, somebody. I think that's some, uh, it's an incredible thing that God's going to meet you. He's going to call you in the middle of your brokenness. And so there's hope for you to, today. Number one, He is concerned with, our, with your suffering. Number two, God calls us in our brokenness. Write down number three. I'm getting close to the end of my time right now because I made a bunch of jokes about dieting, which went in my notes. God is leading you even when it takes a while. God is leading you even when it takes a while. Check out this verse. This is in Exodus 23. So this is after Moses. They've been in the desert for a good chunk of the 40 years by this point. So this is where this verse happens. And it says this, uh, um, Joshua is just about to take over control of, of the nation of Israel. It says this in verse 29, but I will not drive them out in a single year. This is God saying it because the land would become desolate and wild animals too numerous for you little by little i will drive them out of the land before you until you have increased enough to take possession of the land i want to tell you today god is leading you even when it takes a while 
You know, you might have a dream, a desire. You might have something, a calling you know you have from God. But it feels like it's going at the pace of like a snail or like a slow train, which, you know, like, or you feel like, you know, you know that feeling when you've just been driving 100Ks and you have to go down to 50 or even worse, 30? Like, you feel like that's how you're driving, how your life is going. I want to tell you today that God is leading you even when it takes a while. You know, I was thinking about this in in relation to, I don't know whether you know, but we have a vision as a church. We believe that God wants to impact 10,000 people through this church. And that's a big goal. And I tell you what, it feels like we're nowhere near it right now. But we can, looking at this verse, we can actually take courage in the fact that God is leading us even when it takes a while, even when it feels like you're like just slowly working towards it. And he explains in this verse why. He says, uh, if, if you took control of the land as it is right now, it would destroy you. The animals would go wild. You wouldn't be able to cultivate the land. And here's my challenge to you. If your biggest dream in life, if what you feel like God, what God's calling you into if that's not so big that tomorrow, if you received it tomorrow, it would crush you, I think you need a bigger dream. I think you need to go and seek God and say, God, I, I know that you've got more for my life. God, I, you need to get before God and say, God, I, I, like enlarge in my vision. Give me bigger vision. Because if, if I'm carrying something and if everything played right and I could do it tomorrow, it, it, I, like I, I, there's no space for me to grow. He says, hey, I'm going to, uh, I, I'm going to wait until you've increased enough for you to take possession. I'm going to wait, Israel, until there's, you, your capacity to handle the land has increased enough that you can actually do it. And so we're going to do something in a moment. In, in a few seconds, I've got three things I want to do to finish up today. First one, we're going to pray together. Second one, I want to give you an opportunity, if you don't have a relationship with God, to start one today. And then the third thing is I'm going to ask some of the, um, the people who, who are great at prophesying to come up. And uh, I, I, if you're here today and you're like, man, oh, that spoke to me that like, I, I actually want to carry a bigger word. I want to come and I want to, I want to seek God and I want, I want to do it right now. Um, there's going to be an opportunity if you want to come up and, and receive prayer and, and, and hear a word from God um, and, and just receive a prophetic word. There's going to be an op- opportunity for that as well. So why don't we stand to our feet? I'd love to pray together. The band can get up. And we're going to pray this prayer together, uh, just declaring out this truth um, over us today. And I'm going to say a line, and I'd love you to repeat it back. Um, and just like I would do if we we're doing a salvation altar call, I will restart if, you know, it's like, I believe. And there's no, like, conviction or faith. So just a pre-warning, uh, you know where we're going right now. So you guys ready? You guys ready? <laughs> thought it was just Lynn for a moment. All right, let's, let's pray this together. I believe. Uh, we can do better than that. Come on, church. I believe that God is concerned with my suffering. He calls me in my brokenness, and He's leading me even when it takes a while. My life 
is in your hands. I trust you. Amen. Amen. All right, why don't we just give God some praise right now in this place. God, we just lift you up. God, we just thank you that we can trust you today. We love you, Jesus. We just thank you that you're on our side. We thank you that you're just giving people hope today, Jesus. God, just coming in like a rushing wind, like a flood, God, just bringing hope right now in this place. Holy Spirit, we invite you, come and move. Come and move, come and move. You know, I said that the, the story of God is a, is there, there is a narrative to it. And the narrative leads to a moment. God creates the world. He's in relationship with Adam and Eve. They didn't listen to their diet. And sin entered the world. And from that moment, there was an element of distance between God and man. But God had, had a plan. He always had a plan. He gave Adam and Eve free will, knowing they would eventually sin. And so before the, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world, outside of time, Jesus Christ was sacrificed. And 2,000 years ago, that moment happened in history. That moment that happened before the foundation of the world happened in history. Jesus gave His life sinless, blameless, as a sacrifice so that we could have a relationship with God. The Bible says that it was the joy set before Him that He endured the cross. There was something He was focused on that allowed Him to endure the beatings, the agony, the suffering as He hung naked. And that joy was this moment where He could come to you today and say, come and meet my Father. I want to introduce you to my Father. I want my Holy Spirit to live inside you. I want to have relationship with you. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media.